beloved listeners, and welcome to Snake People at the Movies, film criticism by people who actually like film. Join us as we dive into movies we love, movies we respect, and movies we wish we could unsee. It's the podcast where we talk about growing up and living queer, nerdy, and depressed online and at the cinema. From the kids who used to stage sword fights in their living rooms, it's Sneeple at the Movies. I'm Helena. And I'm Maddie. Uh, Ezra could not join us today. They... We just had a scheduling conflict and, and couldn't quite pull together, so it's just going to be yeah. the two of us. <laughs> Unfortunately, you got the two chaotic energies for this episode, <laughs> but that's all right, because we're going to be discussing an appropriately chaotic movie. So, Yep. We're going to be talking about uh, p- the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie, Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. Um, we will be talking about that. We want to talk about the movies that we've we've seen since we last met first, but I just wanted to say right at the beginning... We're finally doing it. We caved 11 episodes in. 12 episodes in? 11 episodes in. How many episodes do we have? Do we Where, this is our Pirates 11th of the episode. 11th episode that uh, held out to keep me from yelling about Pirates of the Caribbean. And I'm very oh, proud it's true. of myself. Um, you didn't even bring it up. I was like, the I one who was like, it. oh, we should talk about Pirates of the Caribbean. So, yeah. yeah. I was <laughs> waiting for the trap to be set. And... Uh, <laughs> Just, like, let the bear just, amble into the woods. Just <laughs> fucking snick. Just right, right on I, my dumb ass. I got it. Um, so, yeah. So <laughs> got what, him what, again. What movies have you uh, have you seen, Maddie, since we last recorded? So I did a bunch of, uh, I did a bunch of rewatches. So I rewatched Kiss Kiss Bang Bang after we did the episode. Still so fucking good. Mm-hmm. I want to rewatch it again immediately, but I'm like, no, <laughs> just relax, just calm down. Um, I rewatched John Wick one, shocking absolutely nobody. I did get made fun of for it on Twitter. That's fine. I deserved it. I rewatched parts of Pirates of the Caribbean one. I'm like, how far would you say I am? Oh, you're like, you're like in the first third, still the first act of the movie. I'd say. I don't know. It depends on really. So I just paused at, like, Jack is with everybody else in the cave, uh, and Will and Elizabeth have split. Because they haven't had the big battle on the, between the uh, the Pearl and the Interceptor yet. And no. that's kind of, like, the, de- de- the is definitive... this movie way longer than I think it is? Probably. This movie is way longer than I remember it being. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so I got about a third of the way through Pirates of the Caribbean. No, I, I, what did I have? One, 1. 1.5 of the way. That doesn't make any sense. Anyway. What? What are you talking well, about? One point five out of a third of the way through, which isn't a real what? number or a real fraction. So it's an additional thing. sixth is what you're yeah. saying. Yes, thank you, math people. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so I got that far <laughs> to the parts of the Caribbean. I'm I'm four sixth. Right? No, wait, that's bad. That's bad math. <laughs> Fuck me. Shut up. Anyway, so. Pirates of the Caribbean one, uh, and then I also saw the new Godzilla movie, which was so good. It was so good. I love monster <laughs> movies so much, and I love Godzilla movies, and this was a really good one. I'm so excited because they set up Godzilla versus Kong, and the entire time Ben and I were like, "Godzilla versus Kong, Godzilla versus Kong, bring it to me, bring it to me." Um, so now I have to see the one with Tom Hiddleston. Oh yes, oh, no. that's right. They're bringing. Oh, the, I don't know why. Uh, you're scared about that because that also has Brie Larson in it and that's No, that was good. a sarcastic oh no, like oh no I oh, have yes. to see it. Yeah, it has Brie Larson and Tom Hiddleston. I love both of them. And I love both of them, yeah. So Unfortunately. that was really yeah. good. That's what I've seen. 
I have to see it too. Uh, I mean that that uh, King Kong version uh, that I haven't seen. Well, we yet. can watch it together then. Good. Yeah. Uh, how was Bradley Whitford? How was my man Bradley Whitford in Godzilla? Oh, he was a fucking delight. I of knew course. he was in it coming into it, and I, I, I have a connection with Bradley Whitford, but I kept being like, Ben, it's Bradley Whitford, and Ben was like, okay. I was like, no, listen to me. No, listen, <laughs> listen to me. That's ben. Josh. That's Josh right there. That's my dad. Listen to me. <laughs> um, he's so he's like clearly the comedic relief scientist, and he plays that yeah. part to the hilt, and he plays it super good. Ugh. There's this one stupid line where someone's like, like Godzilla shows up, and someone's like, oh my god, and he says Zilla, and it's so <laughs> stupid. It's so stupid. Um, just but his it. delivery is about as good as it could get for as stupid of a line as that. He like delivered it perfectly. You're like, oh, you stupid asshole, shut up. I love him. Uh, I love him so much. He was it was like really solid performances all around. Um, cool. I forget the name of one of the other scientists, but I adore him. I'll think of it later. I'm sure in like a flash of epiphany, I'll just suddenly shout somebody's name. But yeah, just like script was okay. Weird, like, fetishization. That was bad, a- but, like, like weird treatment of, like, specifically, like, Northeastern Asian cultures, like, Chinese and Japanese, like, mm-hmm. which is, like, that's how Godzilla movies are sometimes in, like, the West, but every time I'm like, must we? Yeah. Must we do this? And they're like, yes. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay, I fine. guess. Yeah. Not not fine, but, like, because that's that's been my only, my only thing. Well, not my only thing, because I saw the first Godzilla movie, uh, that came out five years ago now, I guess, which I guess is a prequel to this one. Yes, it was directed. Yeah, by that was five years ago. Rogue One. Yeah, um, and just a lot of the discord, the the discussion around that movie coming out, which is like, I don't know, America appropriating this story specifically. That's that was like um, allegorical for the trauma that the Japanese went through after. Um, Hiroshima and Nagasaki and like that that was really interesting and that and to to think about in that context um so I haven't I haven't really gotten into any of the other American versions of Godzilla but I want to expand my monster movie knowledge as it were yes come come with me take my hand (laughs) Uh, to, but that's a fair point. Um, we should. I talked about doing a monster movie episode. We should because I think that's a very mm. fair point to make. They actually talk about it a little bit in this one, where they talk about like the reason all the titans are showing up again is because of like man made. Like the reason Godzilla comes back is because of like they specifically were like Godzilla came back because of atomic warfare. Like that is yeah. We specifically did that, and that brought Godzilla back. So they do make a reference to that. Um, right. And I, I think it, yeah, I, I, mean, it's, it, it's I am not... hesitant. No, no, no. That's not saying that like we oh, should no, be was, hesitant about. I was going to oh. say like I. <laughs> We're no, talking you're fine. Over each other. <laughs> I was going to say like I. This is only like a discussion that I have like tipped my toe into, and I haven't really, mm. um, which I, I understood like having a, like a very, very, very basic knowledge of of the Godzilla mythos, mm-hmm. but. Um, mm-hmm. It's not something that I'm overly familiar with, so I wouldn't be able to talk about it very knowledgeably. But, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's that's what we should why we should do some more monster movie episodes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 
Plus, like, it just made me want to watch Pacific Rim again, the first one. Yes. Um, and we should just do an episode on Pacific Rim, because, like, boy, did I, we sure did name my cat after the main character of that movie, <laughs> didn't we? <laughs> sure did. Hello, Raleigh. God, I just fucking love Mecca also. Anyway. Okay, anyway. so Helena, what did you see? What have you seen? Um, I, I've seen very little. I also rewatched a movie. I rewatched just last night the uh, Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie, the first one. Yes. Uh, Tobey Maguire. Um, it's so good. It's still so very good. I've seen this movie a lot. Um, but I was very, very struck this time by like how good the script is. Like how, um, how quickly things move like 10 minutes into this movie or 10 or 15 minutes in we're getting both Peter being bitten by a spider and um, Green Goblin origin story starting and it's like yeah let's just keep things clipping let's keep things moving along and there's such good setup and payoff and it's so iconic the kiss even it's like (sighs) yeah set the stage for for so much that became like that kiss is specifically a cultural touchstone which is like very weird but because I'm sure somebody that we know will correct me if I'm wrong. I'm trying to think of a, a point in the Spider-Man comics mm-hmm. where they do something like that. And I'm sure they do. But, like, that's not what most people are pulling from. They're pulling from that scene in that movie. Yeah. It is, dare I say, iconic. It's so good. It is iconic. It, everything about Willem Dafoe is iconic in that movie. <sighs> he is um, so good. He's so manic. Um Kirsten Dunst is so good in that movie. And it's just like everything is really is really simple and really just straightforwardly plotted and I really appreciated that. Oh, uh JK Simmons is also fantastic in it. A lot of a lot of good character acting in it, which I really appreciate. Um mm-hmm. Yeah. So I really I love that movie very much. I'm really glad I rewatched that last night. Um and then I saw Booksmart like last week or a couple weeks ago in theaters, which was amazing and I loved it. Um a lot of people probably already heard of Booksmart um, but if you haven't it's the uh, debut film of Olivia Wilde who is an actress mm-hmm. and this is her first film as a director um, and it's a kind of uh, vaguely raunchy but like uh, not vaguely raunchy pretty raunchy uh, teen <laughs> comedy about two um, academically obsessed um, teenage girls on the last day of school, on the brink of graduation, realizing that they sacrificed all of their um, ability to like be a teenager to get into a good school because um, they thought you could only have it one way, and they realize actually everybody else is is also going to amazing schools, and they uh, learn to have a social life. So now we have it pr- approximately one night to have the full high school experience, um, and things go very wrong, as you can imagine. Um, but it was really good, and there's really great um, uh, lesbian representation in that movie, um, which was felt very honest and very real, um, and it was very sweet. Um, a lot of really great characters, and everyone looked like they were having so much fucking fun. I was like, I want to make movies so bad right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was like sitting in the like audience watching these teenagers have like teenagers and 20 somethings which i am also a 20 something obviously but people younger than me having such a good time making this movie and i was like god damn it like i want to do this i want to do that i want to do that like i already knew that but it was really refreshing to like see a movie that actually reminded me that um there are directors out there who are making that kind of shit 
uh, worth working on. So anyway, Booksmart is very good. And if you like comedies, you should see it because it's good. <laughs> that's that on that. I hadn't heard what the plot was. Um, so that's good to know. I was like, I think that there's lesbians in it. That's literally all I know. I'll have to give that a shot. Talk about my high school fucking experience. Yipes. Yeah. The, it, to be, it was kind of interesting because, like, overall, I think they have a very positive, like, experience in high school, even though they've fucked up. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So it was interesting because I was relating to it from both the point of view of, like, ah, yes, I, too, was a teenager once, but also that kind of nostalgia of graduation, not from high school, but from college. Like, oh, that's the feeling I felt about the people that I graduated with in college. So it was kind mm-hmm. of this double, like, um, double mirroring back of that experience and that sort of missed youth or missed opportunity thing. Missed youth. I'm 26 years old. Um, yeah, no, we're fucking ancient. God, we're so old. <laughs> I'm old, I'm old. I'm allowed to I'm say old. stuff like that because <laughs> my birthday's <laughs> this month, so I'm feeling age just creeping upon my heels. <laughs> Well, yeah, that sounds like a worthwhile watch then. Yeah, I recommend it highly. Oh, I was talking with Leia last night about a very similar topic, so that's been on my mind. So, good timing. Cool. So. (laughs) But fuck other movies. The only movie that really matters is Pirates of the Caribbean 1, Curse of the Black Pearl. So, so I know where I'm coming from with this. Where Mm -hmm. are you coming from with Curse of the Black Pearl. <laughs> <laughs> I I really love it. I remember, um, I think this, we figured out the timeline once about, I remember be looking, you know, when you look at, used to look in the paper to see when movies were coming out and like when you could see them and stuff. Mm-hmm. For the second one and be, and I was 13 at the time. I was like, finally, I could go see this in theaters. Oh. Um, and I remember also being like, oh shit, I didn't realize there was going to be a second one because they end the first one on on like like the movie could end here or they could make another one right Um, but i hadn't heard that they were going to make another one so i had like that like elation of like oh shit they're gonna make another one um i really really liked the first one you and i have seen it together like one in a million times like every day yeah not every time but many times when we did movie marathons together we ended up watching curse of the black pearl i feel (laughs) Um, or one of the pirates of the caribbean movies that's like we watched that a lot and I watched it a lot, like, on my own, too. So I remember the first time I ever saw it was in, like, the basement of a family friend's. And I was, like, not yet 13, but, like, you know, my parents were, my fucking dad was there. And the scene where they reveal that they're all, like, they they was skeletons the whole time <laughs> definitely <laughs> wigged me out. I was such a scaredy cat as a kid. Um, it didn't give me nightmares like I thought I was going to, but I liked it says a lot that I was a scaredy cat, but I liked that movie so much, I wanted to see it again. Yeah. I own the two-disc special set that I got at, like, the CD game exchange. Oh, hell yeah. I do, too. And the DVD skips a lot. I need to fix that, but... Oh, no. I don't think I based as much of my personality off of it as you did. <laughs> but I do, like, it. it holds, specifically the first one, but all of them hold a very, like, special place in my heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um I'm surprised that my DVD hasn't started skipping yet because I <laughs> we've basically had it since it came out. Um yeah, I would say about 
of my personality? <laughs> Maybe Borscht <laughs> is just this movie. For the listener at home, I was watching it in the background while we were planning, and Helena kept hearing parts of it over my like microphone and was quoting it as it was happening in almost perfect time. <laughs> it was um, amazing. I've seen this movie a lot, a, a lot, a lot. Um, I first saw it... Okay, so rewind. Um, this is probably my favorite movie ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I... I which I again, like I, we were talking about this earlier, and I wish I had a more like sophisticated um, answer <laughs> for like what's your favorite movie? Yeah, you wish your favorite movie was Hot Fuzz, huh? I I do wish my favorite movie was Hot Fuzz. But yeah, yeah, people being like, oh, my favorite movie is like Wild Strawberries or some other just like pulling out a, an Inger, Ingmar <laughs> Bergman movie out of their ass. Movie is Wild Strawberries. <laughs> well, I don't know. Somebody's is. That's um, right. Somebody's is. I shouldn't. Somebody's laugh. is. That's not or, fair. I haven't actually seen it, but I've I've heard it is one of his his better movies. Um, mm-hmm. And I wish I could say, yeah, it's an Ingmar Bergman film or something, but it isn't. It's Pirates of the Caribbean: The Curse of the Black Pearl, which is a <laughs> Disney off movie the Disney ride. based on a theme park ride from Disneyland. Admittedly, saw, a very good theme park ride. Oh yes, I thought you said in Italy a very good theme park ride, and I was like, I didn't. know Oh yeah, in America it fucking Italy. sucks, but the one in Italy is great. <laughs> Yeah, I saw this movie in theaters when I was 10 at Eastport Plaza the summer it came out, um, and I loved it, I think, immediately. I, I, we got it on DVD, and um, that was kind of the summer that my parents first started uh, like trusting me to be home alone, I guess, or like the summer after that, maybe, when I was more like 11. And I'm an only child, so I was living the dream. I put parts of the Caribbean <laughs> in the DVD like every fucking day. When my parents were out at work, and I would just watch parts of the Caribbean, and I would uh, pretend like mime the sword fight and the blacksmiths, um, like in my living room. Uh, I imprinted hard on this movie, um, so I'm very excited to talk about it because I have just so many great things to say about it. <laughs> It's so good. Even outside of like childhood, like nostalgia shit, like rewatching it for the, it's been a minute. It's been like maybe a year. Like it hasn't been a long time because it's Pirates of the Mm -hmm. Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. Of course, I've seen it recently. Um, But it's been long enough where I was like, this movie still holds up extremely well. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's been that long for me because I know that if I look back on the Discord and the live blogging channel, I'll find like me six months ago or like yeah, two I think months it was ago. a few months ago. Yeah, maybe I'm like, ah, oh, guess I'm gonna watch Pirates of the Caribbean again. I don't know if it was 2019, but maybe it was like late 2018. Yeah, yeah. God, where to start? There's a lot. Do we want to start with the music? Because I feel like the music is such a great backbone for everything in that movie. Yes. Um, I was during the, the, like, once again, iconic blacksmith, like, fight scene. The -hmm. part at the beginning where the the orchestra, like, is choreographed to the fight scene. um, And when they pause, the music stops. Yeah. And then picks up again and then stops. It's like, oh, it is delicious. It is so good. It, it like it sets the the mood very well and it gets you very invested because you're kind of you're hearing the action as well as seeing it kind of the the staging of the action with the music and oh god it's just so good 
Um, and then after that, even the the music doesn't perfectly match up, but it's still like the orchestra was very very well done. Yeah, um, I the music is fantastic, and it's really simple too in this one. Um, I will consistently say that like it, we will talk about the other parts of the Caribbean movies in later episodes, but the music is like the one thing that I think is consistently good across all of the of the movies. But it's so. It's so simple in this one, and it does its job so well. It's very uh, practical mm-hmm. is kind of the word I want. Like, it's a, it definitely, like, puts in the work. It's not flashy. No. But it serves a purpose, and it's... Catchy it's, as does, hell. Yeah, it, I was literally, as we were preparing, humming the, like, dun, 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 Like, and that's just, like, ingrained in my head. And I oh, think yeah. of the head of any kid who grew up watching this movie is you're like Pirates of the Caribbean and your brain's just like it's uh yeah, listening to the you don't think like, oh I I I mean some of you do, but like I'm not a person who listens to soundtracks. Um I think usually <laughs> they, they go with the movie and like otherwise I'm like, yeah, you know. Um but this is like I want to listen to this soundtrack because it invokes scenes from the movie to listen to the soundtrack. It's, I highly recommend it because, um, well, first of all, for a for a thing, I am uh, definitely a person who listens to film soundtracks, so I am that person already. But the the soundtrack to this movie is, you can listen to it in like a hot forty five minutes, like the whole thing, mm-hmm. um, which is really great. And it's just yeah, it's just so much fun. Um, it also kind of I was gonna say kind of makes me cry a little bit. <laughs> There's some music that plays. Um, during the finale that leads into the credits, like the last like five minutes of the movie, which just kind of like are really moving and touching. Um, and I'll post a like a whatever Spotify link or YouTube link to which track that's that is specifically once this episode's out. But that's notable, I think, because I don't actually cry while watching Parts of the Caribbean, and I feel like generally it's not a movie that most people like. That's a tearjerker right there. But it does make <laughs> <laughs> it does make me kind of emotional. There's something really. Um, really sweet about um about the music in that finale mm-hmm. it's very good and like this so and the music matching with the stunts you you were saying something about the stunts that was really cool yes um i it comes up first or the first time i really like noticed it is when the begin one of the beginning scenes where jack is escaping and he cuts the rope and he goes up so many of the stunts in this movie use multiple dimensions. A lot of stunts tend to, they carry a forward momentum. They're carry, they're just going from one side of the screen to the other. That's how they tend to work. Sometimes they go up and down, but not very often, I feel. this The stunts in this movie make a great use of every level of space. Like even the blacksmith's fight, they go back and forth, they yeah. go around, they go up and down. Um you know, this, this, I said later that this movie has a lot of great weight to the actions. Like, when they kick off the lid of the chest, you can feel the thump. When mm. um, somebody goes up on a rope, you, like, feel the, like, whoosh going up. Um, there's a lot of good, like, tension. And by tension, I mean, like, the tension in a rope, not, like, um, dramatic tension in a lot of the movements. And that's something that's, like, very impressive. It's a very good use of space. It's a... It's unusual to use it like that. 
in the cave scene, which you which you haven't uh, gotten to yet, but towards the end of the movie, even in that one, when Barbosa and Jack are fighting, they're like going all the way like, mm-hmm. up and down the hills mm-hmm. and like a, in the cave and like really, really using the space, which is a which is a very like a very Hollywood set type of like enclosed space that they're in, but it's still so fun. Which I, yeah, yeah I it, love it. it feels a little bit more like a classic Hollywood stage way of dealing. Like a, you're dealing with a stage. They're moving from background to foreground mm-hmm. um, and side to side where like most places that are shot on location, you don't get such a physical sense of like their movement in a space. Yeah. Because there's not usually like a set parameter of space. It feels a little bit more natural. But the fact that this feels more like a physical stage actually works in favor of yeah. of Pirates of the Caribbean, where sometimes it can feel kind of like, not cheesy is not the word I want, but it doesn't feel very professional sometimes. Um, yeah. No, it, it makes it feel very, like, physical, which yeah, is it's very just delightful. Yeah. 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 In, in, in a great way. Mm-hmm. So I feel like th- that's something that these movies are really, or this movie in particular, rather, I don't want to give credit to the other ones. Um, yeah. This is like, this movie had a lot of fun with itself and the genre that it mm-hmm. was in without being too like winky wink, nudge nudge, which mm-hmm. is, can, can like definitely go over the top sometimes. Um, but it's, it's fully embracing the fact that it's an adventure movie and that it's a kid's movie or a family movie or whatever um and adhering to like the, the classic you know structures and limitations of that genre but also having fun with it i think something i've noticed as i've especially in the past like couple of months but as i've gotten older something i appreciate in movies is movies that know that what they're doing is kind of goofy but they are in love with the fact that they're doing something kind of goofy and they are aware that you also love that what they are doing is goofy <laughs> and like doesn't that kick ass like i yeah. like detective pikachu was like that or like godzilla was like that like a lot of movies are just like what we're doing right now is just kind of off the wall and like yeah kind of dumb and that fucking rules like let's just <laughs> run with it and let's just do it and let's take it like seriously but with like good humor, yeah. I think that 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 makes such a great impact rather than something that is wink wink nudge nudge about it. Like I don't, I don't like stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, I'm in on the joke. Great, cool. Yeah, I'm well, not it's, entertained it's, though. It's something like uh, how I think anybody who was obsessed with pirates as a kid, like later grows up to try and read like nonfiction about pirates, and is always really disappointed mm-hmm. because <laughs> like every nonfiction writer about pirates is being a very good historian and saying like people romanticize pirates, but you shouldn't do that because they weren't romantic and everything. Yeah, and, yeah. And it's like, yeah, okay, sure, but like, <laughs> where's the panache? There's something about those movies. Where's that's the just style? Like, <laughs> where's the flash? Um. Yeah, it's just, what was I going to say? Something about this movie being very good, I'm sure. This movie has the the style. It has the panache. It has the flash. It has, like, you're like, pirates are kind of gross. Like, these people, overall, kind of gross. Yeah. And also, they're fucking pirates! So much fun, though. Yeah, it's like... (laughs) It's so cool! (laughs) Um, Yeah, they're just so good. (laughs) <laughs> you have to get off this line of this train of thought or else I'm just going to be saying that sentence We're just going to be like, God, Pirates of the Caribbean is so good. God, like, so Black good. Pearls is so fucking good, right? Hey, do you know who I love? 
Who do you love? I love Norrington. Do you? Lo- I was gonna say, do you love our wife, James Norrington? <laughs> <laughs> this our, entire, the collective wife. This entire like Google Doc is just me saying i love norrington i love music i love script i love this i love that um but i do love norrington genuinely he's a peach he's amazing this whole podcast ezra included loves norrington (laughs) oh yeah Um, like we there's what but like what about him is so compelling as a character because i can't tell you why but like I think that, uh, and it's it's interesting because I think some people, I remember growing up, um, you were either like, you were into Jack or you were into Will, which gross, mm-hmm. I mean. Um, but and you were like, Norrington's boring. <laughs> Norrington's boring and he's like too good or whatever. And he's like, and he's, he's not a and pirate. He's, he's getting in the way of the central romantic triangle in the, or not romantic, right. the central romantic duo of the movie. Yeah. But he is, so he is the rival for Elizabeth's affections, but there's something notable about him, which is like at the end of the movie, Norrington steps back and he says like okay this is clearly not what you want you don't want me and I would rather you be with the person that you love rather than be with me and be miserable and he like throughout the entire movie that's all he's ever trying to do he's kind he's he is the romantic like interloper or whatever the rival but he's only ever trying to do good he's not um what's the word I'm looking for he doesn't see himself as a romantic rival he's not fighting for her affections if he doesn't have her affections that's cool like yeah he he wants her affections to go with whomsoever they go with and if that's not with him like so be it he would rather her be happy yeah and and the movie i think movie interestingly leads us down like to first of all think that he's going to be that character because he proposes to her in a really like inelegant way and she faints and he's like oh no um but he I mean he actually does try and go save her but <laughs> and then he does, when yeah. when she um when she's kidnapped and then will goes to save her and they're like why are you risking our ship to do this sir please why he says that line that's um like i'd rather see her at the bottom of the ocean than in the hands of a pirate which is like ooh, what but but also you know they understand the motivation behind that line like he's so driven by his hatred of pirates and everything that right um, he's not seeing it as like i would rather her be dead than be in love with a pirate he's saying what will happen to her at the hands of pirates is worse than her being dead yes exactly it's not it's not a jealousy thing it's like her fate currently is worse than death yeah which is and like fair point um yeah he's very very good he's very beautiful um he has beautiful great eyes and (laughs) (laughs) and he has i'm just just writing my fan fiction description of norrington and he has a a wig like the bloody ice cream those beautiful sea green orbs um yeah no the movies i think wanted us to like norrington though just a little bit because he does is played by jack davenport who is um so so earnest and so like likable um he is absolutely charming in all his like standoffishness yeah he's definitely a snarker for sure but um, he's an english fucking commodore like this is a naval man of course he's standoffish yeah and that's what makes him so compelling and you can see like why he's commodore because he's so much more competent than like every other person everybody else (laughs) literally everybody else 
<laughs> which I'm okay with. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is going to other movies. I think there's also something very compelling about like staunchness, steadfastness, loyalty, and duty in the face of overwhelming odds and like overwhelming, like something pushing you to change. Yeah, and knowing at your core what you are and refusing to move. Oh, I think that's God. very that's like part of the reason why he is so compelling. And we'll get into that when I talk about the fashions later. <laughs> we'll um, talk about the fashions now if you like. Well, I was going to say, do you want to talk about your... We wrote essays. We the, did. The Maddie and Helena essays in this document <laughs> but you've made are such very a lovely, telling to our characters. Um, you've made such a lovely segue into it, I feel like. I'm... Fashion. Whatever. Go I for can, it. You know what? Okay, I'll talk about, I'll talk about my fashions. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> part of it is that, like, first of all, the looks in this movie, phenomenal. Ugh. Made me gay. Um, but very in... Con- contrast i almost said in contrast uh in contrast to the mcu where sometimes they really struggle with how do we dress like the way we dress defines us i think as people it's a way of self-expression and it's a way of setting up character development and character arc and like setting personality mcu struggles at sometimes um Pirates of the caribbean doesn't it uses it very well and i noticed that walking jack's walking around he is jangling everywhere he is a magpie and you literally you look at him show up and you're like that's a pirate and that is good costuming that you know right away he's covered in a lot of different layers he's got lots of little bits of jewelry he looks kind of scruffy he's like he's loud his personality is loud and the way he dresses is loud and that's that is who he is and you know right away exactly what kind of character he's going to be Mm -hmm. um and it's the same with will too you see will and first of all he like breaks off part of a candelabra and stuffs it in an umbrella stand and you're like you dumb asshole i love you um but he's like very simple he's very practical he's wearing like browns he's not wearing a lot of uh bright colors he's very like neutral tone um and then later he's wearing like a vest and a shirt and he accessorizes with a peach scarf and that's as wild as it gets. <laughs> like he doesn't really start upping his fashion game until he accepts that he is a pirate and then he starts to dress loud. Yeah. Because that's the way that pirates dress. And he's learned from the best. And he's learned from Jack, like yeah. <laughs> the loudest pirate of all time. Um and that says a lot about about Will in that he's like he's the apprentice to a blacksmith he's from a quote-unquote lower class he's like practical in all things um and he's very like lawful good like will turner at the beginning is lawful good and that's just who (laughs) he is um and he like very much dresses to his standing and then norrington specifically i'll get back to elizabeth because she kind of breaks the mold um but norrington for the entire movie from when you see them coming over from england he is only wearing his uniform yeah that is it because his whole thing is like i said it's duty um and like that holds him together be it like duty to the crown duty to like his ship or like the duty or the the love that he feels for elizabeth and the way he holds that in a place of honor is very important to him he has like little pieces that he holds true to and that is representative of the fact that he is wearing his naval uniform the entire time he does not wear casual wear he is on the job his wig like never comes off his wig never comes off it's not till (laughs) in the last movie i think that you see him without 
it's in the second one, which is why everybody lost okay. their collective goddamn minds when it happened. Right. Because it was so because he never had it off in the in the first one. It made it so much right. more effective. Right. And then you see him in the second one and he's lost the 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 thing that made him how he defined himself for most of his life, he's lost that. And it yeah. like you can tell the second you see him that something is very wrong because he's he's out of his uniform. I think very brilliantly, uh, one of the things, one of the few things that Deadman's Chest does really well is that, um, but with that fashion, I think when we see him for the first time in the second movie, he is wearing his wig, only his wig looks terrible. He's wearing his, like, this, like, tricorn hat that's not quite his hat, but it looks terrible, and he's still, like, wearing his uniform, so he's still clinging on to these um, symbols of what he stood for, but it's all just gone to shit. Right, but it doesn't, it doesn't, he's holding on to it, and yeah. it has let him go. Yeah. Um, it's <laughs> betrayed him, almost, and you can, yeah, you see that, that, like, he's clinging to this thing that no longer has, the, that gives a shit about him anymore, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then with Elizabeth, it's a little different. Um, a lot of the movies, she is, like, she is wearing things that other people have chosen for her or things that have been forced upon her, which is like, ain't that what it's like being a woman, am I right? <laughs> um, but like, that's, you know, a lot of her life is she's been like sheltered and repressed and told what to do. But her hair starts to change is the weird part. Where like the further it goes on, the more it, you see it go from like this very like, quote unquote, in fashion London, like, pompadour awful it's awful it is awful <laughs> the hair that they have her in and then it goes to like her natural like let down hair and that's very telling and then later on in the movie so you see her start to choose her own clothes and she starts to wear like more pirate gear and that's her like claiming the parts of herself that she wants rather than what has always been forced upon her mm. and you see that in her costume and this is what I'm saying, is that we should be paying more attention to costuming in movies because it's <laughs> fucking important. There's pieces all over the internet about, like, the way the women's hair is styled in different pieces of media very much can reflect the different kinds of characters there are. And I don't remember well enough to comment on it right now, but, like, hair down is always, like, freedom, obviously. It also usually right. means, like, innocent which is not really what's happening with her in fact she's kind of going through the opposite where she's seeing the real world for the first time well, it's kind of like in the uh the the mummy the 1999 mummy um rachel weiss's mm -hmm. character has her hair up for a like a good portion of that movie and there's like a certain point where she like lets her hair down and just kind of is like yeah i'm just gonna just fucking wing it with the fashion thing um and that's kind of she's always she's like very similar to elizabeth um I think these movies are very similar in many ways. Um, but where she's kind of like always has that spirit of adventure in her, but she just needs to like have an opportunity for that to um, like let loose and, and, uh, and, and become who she wants to be. Yeah. Yeah. It is definitely a little bit of like the loosening of the ties that bound her, which is like interesting that you see that even though she's still technically like imprisoned for, for, this part of the movie at least so anyway that's what i had to say about fashions uh should i should i write should i read my essay <laughs> yes please let's move from essay to essay essay to essay all right so i wrote a little miniature essay about the script um 
this movie was uh i've talked about already about how like uh impactful this movie was for me um one of the reasons is because this made me interested in movies actively i think i think this is like the first time this made me aware of how a movie was telling its story how it was setting up its story and how it was showing it to me um i think the script is very good and i think it's very simple which is um appropriate that i talked briefly at the beginning of this about spider-man because i think that that movie also does um a very similar thing very successfully which is like let's get into the hook really quickly let's set all of these things up at the beginning and then we can get into these very clear motivations um that drive the plot uh each each character in pirates of the caribbean each central character has a specific want or need that is central to driving the plot forward it's not like disconnected somehow and each character in this movie has that want resolved and that's important i think because there's so many reasons like why the other movies i think didn't work as well um and i think that part of that despite because they, they all have like the same crew they have the same people who like wrote the script and and worked on the movie and so why did they write such a good script for this movie and then not do that for the other ones and part of that i think is that this movie resolves itself really well even though it leaves that ending kind of open to the possibility of the story continuing it still resolves all of these um these characters arcs um within the within that movie every every character has like wants something that is central to driving the plot. Jack wants the pearl back, um, which also like symbolizes like complete having freedom for him. Uh, very literally, he says that in that monologue on the beach. Um, Barbosa and the other pirates want to lift the curse. Um, Elizabeth wants to have an adventure and she wants to resolve her relationship with Will also. Will wants to <laughs> just have written here something something father, something something identity, which is basically He wants it. to resolve his identity. He wants to yeah. be at peace with who he is. Like, who am I? Yeah, and partially I think you could argue he wants to be at peace with who he is so he knows he is a man that is worthy of Elizabeth. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And that doesn't always work out for him very well because he's. Well, there are several times when he's confronted with his identity vis-a-vis who his father was and he's like, I don't want that because that's something I've trying to... I've tried to like deny and stamp down for years and years, um, but then he comes to terms with it at the at the end, and everybody is better off for it. Be who you are, and also Norrington wants to just be with Elizabeth. Man, he just wants to Elizabeth to to like him, and he wants to marry Elizabeth, and he doesn't get that. Everybody else in this movie gets what they want, except for Norrington. And this is why Norrington is a tragic figure. <laughs> this is why he's the tragic hero. But what's important is that everybody's wants are resolved in some way. Like, Norrington doesn't get Elizabeth, but that's not really, it's not really his place. It's, he, that's, that is still resolved for him because she's with Will. Um, mm-hmm. And he's comes, and he comes to terms with that in a very clear way. Um, not necessarily emotionally, but he has moved on. Um and I think what's interesting about this movie that is that the central thing that drives the whole plot is is the central want is that of the villains um, because it's it's key that the villains should get what they want in order for the plot to be resolved um, because not until they they lift the curse that Jack is able to uh, avenge the pearl and avenge what was taken from him and kill Barbosa and everything else so. 
I think it's really interesting. But I think that's why the sequels don't work as well sometimes because everything was tied up and then they kind of jump into it with like Will being arrested like right before him and Elizabeth get married and oh, Barbosa's not dead actually. So that that didn't really mean anything that that really poignant and important death. Um, and also maybe someone's not coming to terms with becoming a pirate and uh, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, you know, Jack's lost something again. You know, it's kind of like reverting back to what they think worked about this one, but it was like, you 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 fixed it though. <laughs> you It was already good and then it was fixed and then you broke it. And it's if it's not Baroque, don't fix it. Yeah, it wasn't broken and then you tried to, f- it, yeah, it just wasn't. Yeah. Um, but this, but this movie is very good. We're not going to talk about bad stuff. Yeah, we'll get into the other ones at a later point because Ezra was like, "I can't believe you guys are talking about Pirates of the Caribbean without me," and we were like, "I'm so sorry," and we love you, <laughs> but, but also, <laughs> we this is something that we can talk about at literally any time. So, yeah. this was our uh, my original idea was that we would do from the worst to the best ending with this movie, but that's okay. That way, I don't have to wait to talk about curse of the black pearl yeah we can just talk about black pearl right now yeah whenever we want like we're doing right now it's going so well i love this movie so much it makes me want to have an adventure yeah that's the other thing is like you know at the end of the day we could talk about like what but what does it mean as a movie or as a a piece (laughs) of art i don't know dude it makes me want to go out and be on a boat and have adventures with my friends and like find cursed treasure and like sometimes it's scary and sometimes it's cool and exciting and sometimes it's funny and it's like it, it it's a feel-good movie for me like you were talking about how kiss kiss yeah. bang bang is a feel-good movie it's like this is a feel-good movie for me because it like it lets me feel a bunch of different stuff but at the end of the day i know it's all gonna be okay mm-hmm. everything is like heightened emotion yeah and but it's like safe too i feel like that's probably one of the reasons why I get kind of like vaguely, not vaguely, very emotional, not crying, but you know, could maybe cry at any moment at that ending, like I was talking about, is like mm-hmm. it does touch something in there that's like when they get to go off on the boat at the end of the movie, that this movie ends on somebody escaping and and going off somewhere, and we don't know where it is. Yeah. And they don't really know either, probably. And they don't like, know either. That's, yeah. Is that a is that a millennial mood to be like I just want to be free like I just want to be free of the trappings of like whatever life yeah. is being forced upon me I just want to like God I just want to be on a fucking boat and go sail places <laughs> and have adventures and like get into sword fights and stuff There's like very appealing about that That's like yeah you know I, it's very like childhood playing pretend stuff But I I, I think so and I think that I mean. It, you know, there is still a very traditional, like, heterosexual ending with Will and Elizabeth and whatever, and they get to end up together, and that feels like part of the point. But the movie doesn't end right on them. Like, it has their, their kiss on top of the whatever, and then the movie cuts to Jack, and he's on his boat, and he has his boat, and that's what mm-hmm. we end with. So that feels like, even though there's a lot of things that it's that it's playing very traditionally, there's still, like, it ends on this kind of... And and Jack has always been not quite a heterosexual character implied. Yeah, that's whatever. not I'm sorry, he's not a hetero. No, there's no there's no way. But regardless of whatever his sexuality could or could not be, um You ever seen a straight man with that much fucking jewelry on him? I think not. <laughs> 
yeah, I mean, like it, it just ends on on his on his call to freedom, I guess, which is such a stupid way of phrasing that. But you know what I mean. No, I, what I'm saying like, is I, I agree with you. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is what I was talking about on Twitter earlier, when we say just like half sentences and everyone's like, yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> Does anyone listening know what we mean? <laughs> Who knows? I don't care. Who knows? They'll figure it out. Say, speaking of uh, Jack Sparrow not being a heterosexual. So this movie made me gay. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, man. Karen God. Knightley, though. I know wow. every, like, Walla Walla is like, okay, but Kira Knightley. But Kira Knightley in Pirates of the Caribbean was capital F formative. It was. Holy smokes. And it's it's in that way when you don't know it's happening until, until like, oh, years yeah. later. And then you're like, holy shit. You watch yeah, that until you look like, back and you're like, oh, yipes. Oh yeah, that was that was the thing. And also, I mean, Orlando Bloom in this movie, of course, because as we all know, um, what is it? If you were a lesbian, you were attracted to Legolas, yeah. and if you were bisexual, you were attracted to Will Turner, and that's just that on that. And that's that on that, yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> I just, I can't think about Legolas without thinking about that, that shirt that Leo has. That's the post. <laughs> it's like, what does straight men think Legolas is gonna do? Top them, I have to laugh. I mean, yeah, though. <laughs> I mean, but and I was—it's true that like so many lesbians I knew were like, I was into Legolas because he looked <laughs> like a girl, and it was like, yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. I know you homosexual. <laughs> I mean, I also, oh, I also had a crush on Legolas, which I think was like my carryover of me being attracted to him as well. So I was, I had mm, like the okay. double whammy where I was like, yeah, I like, I like the elf. He's got, he's got the long hair. He's, he's pretty. <laughs> Love that will. He's got a vest. Love that vest. Wish I could love wear that, it. Yeah. Love that. Love that peach scarf. Wish love I could accessorize like that. Wish I could dress like Will and do all the things that <laughs> and, Will is and doing kiss and kiss Kira Knightley. <laughs> Gee, guess there's nothing bad, to that, huh? <laughs> Too bad I never will because oh, because man. I. That's not what girls do anyway. <laughs> time to bury this for the next ten years. King baby heterosexual. Um, <laughs> king baby is a very good book very good picture so, book by the way it's so good i love king baby um, um god that, yeah, i man. had a thought and i've lost it in the wake of king baby heterosexual <laughs> which is the episode the episode title okay that's fair you go ahead unless you think of a better one no no go for it Baby it's gonna make absolutely no sense yeah like every single fucking episode we have i set the titles no one can stop me <laughs> none of you guys have been like maybe i should write the titles so all right i mean when um, i stop when i stop crying i'll uh i'll think of something intelligent to say um <laughs> yeah God, what was i going to say oh no i was just gonna say that like it's so funny hearing you talk about it like that because i definitely came to lord of the rings first and then I went to Pirates of the Caribbean, and I was like, "Ah, oh, it's that Legolas lad. <laughs> Wild. Yeah. And, I like, it's so funny that, like, my imprint on Aragorn was so strong that, like, I think part of it, part of my attraction to Will Turner was, like, he looks like Aragorn, kind of. <laughs> that was just my bit. type. That was just my type, was, like, dark-haired, like, good-hearted men with, yeah. like, weird facial hair. Like, that was it. Who kept looking at women like the sun shone out of their ass. Yeah, I wanted to fuck the them and be them. 
man. Being gay is wild, you guys. I don't know if anybody's it's out there nuts. who hasn't had this experience, hey. but let me assure you, it is fantastic. Gays, you out there? <laughs> but it's, it's so... but it's so wild. It is like, I mean, yeah. If you like foreshadowing, you should try being gay. <laughs> you, should try, you should try being gay sometime. Your whole life is just for your whole childhood is just foreshadowing for hey. your adulthood. It's June. It's a perfect time to... Happy Pride! To pick up, uh, you know, just just pick up some foreshadowing in your life and, uh, and think <laughs> about these things. Time to pick up being homosexual. <laughs> oh, man. So, oh, yeah. speaking of the script... Go for it. We're not, we weren't speaking about the script, but I'm thinking about the script. <laughs> so, speaking of the script... Speaking of being a child, I guess... I would say, actually, the script is not one of the strongest points of the movie, because visually, it, not that it's bad, but, like, visually, it's so strong, like, so much of what's happening in the film craft is so powerful that the script is just, like, not quite as good. It's solid as shit. It's, yeah. fuck it, it's so fucking funny. Um, and it's full of all these great little one-liners that, like, I have just held on to my entire life. Specifically the one that's, like, you better start believing in ghost stories, Miss Turner, you're in one. Yeah. So good. And then, like, you're definitely the worst pirate I've ever heard of. Yeah, but you've heard of me. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> the original title of this uh, of this episode before we changed it to King Baby Heterosexual was, <laughs> that's got to be the best podcast I've ever heard of. Because that one guy that has that line, it's got to be that the best pirate I've title. ever seen. Yeah. Um, it's so good. And all these little, those little piratey nuggets of wisdom that I love so much. Um, like, the, the compass doesn't point north, but we're not trying to find north, are we? And, like, when I was a kid, I thought that was the deepest shit. I was like, oh, my God, he's so right. And it's not that I'm deep. I'm almost 26, and I was like, <laughs> oh, that's some real shit, huh? <laughs> yeah. Like, all that stuff that, uh, that Jack says to him on the boat, says to Will on the boat in that scene where he's like, oh, what does he say? He, is this one where he's trying to convince Will that he's his dad was a pirate, and Will's like, no! Yeah, he's like, you can either accept that your part was a good man, or you, or you can't, but, you know, yada yada yada. Maybe that's not the scene that I'm thinking of, but he has so many little, like, little things. Oh, yes, just there like, is that oh. line where he's like, you can either, like, you, can, you have to accept that, like, your your father was both a pirate and a good man. A good man, yeah. Yeah. And then he ends it with, can you sail under the command of a pirate or can you not? It's like, look, dude. Yeah. Either you either you hang tight to these, like, rigid ideas of morality or you'll learn to, you know, get with it. Just like the being gay. You either hold <laughs> yeah. on to your heterosexuality for no reason or you just be gay. Yeah, What's Will. the better choice here, Will? Come on, Will. So, so Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl is actually an allegory for coming out. <laughs> Listen to me. Have you seen how Will dresses at the beginning versus how he dresses at the end? Look, I'm just saying. This is va- this is all vaguely a joke, but also I'm going to write this essay now. Um, <laughs> but it's not, not it's not a hundred percent a joke. I'm not fully joking. No. So then you have to help me write the essay. We won't write it now, but we will write it. No. He's. In, I'm just saying. He's in love with a woman, and then he spends a lot of time with this like very better sexual man, and then suddenly he dresses. I don't know. I'm just saying. There's something there. <laughs> he imprints just like I did. Um, just like I did. Yeah. There's a really. There's also that really beautiful monologue on the beach when he's with Elizabeth, and she's like getting him drunk so she can, you know, 
set all the rum on fire. Oh, she can set all the rum on fire and set up a... God, I always think that move, that scene happens in the second movie for some reason. Yeah. But yes. No, yeah. Yeah, and he's like talking about what the sh- what a ship means and that a ship as a whole is freedom. It's not just like this. It's individual parts. It's what it symbolizes and what it means. Mm-hmm. Um, which is the scene that I used to act out uh, <laughs> with my friend Lila uh, when I was a kid. Not like all the time, but it happened at least once or twice. Where like I I already had the dialogue memorized and I was like oh let's do that scene from that movie with the two of them because that's fun. <sighs> My friends are so indulgent. <laughs> um, we do love you, but the to be fair, that scene is like also I would say one of the strongest scenes in that movie. Yeah, um, I think it changes her. Like despite yeah. the fact that like she's they're both of them are playing the game. Like, she's playing it to try and, like, get him knocked out. He's playing it and, like, it's weird. He's, like, not, like, he's, it's weird what he's trying to do. And it's, like, I'm not entirely sure kind of what the goal is. But he has a goal that is not just, like, let's kick back, you know? Yeah. He's he's reached the nadir. I, like, he's, this is, this, like, the second time that he's lost the pearl. And um, he's kind of like, well, <laughs> fuck me, I guess. Um, I'm just gonna sit in the speech forever and, like, maybe I'll have sex yeah. with this lady here and we'll see what happens, you know? That's yeah. my life forever. And she's like, I don't think so. That's not for the goal for me, anyway. reasons. It's also great because it's kind of, like, the dismantling of her um, image of pirates in a way where she's like, oh, but you're, like, you're, like, <laughs> king baby of the pirates you're just like the number one pirate you've done all these cool things and he's like oh yeah and also thing. your bitch yeah <laughs> i like i actually didn't do that the way you think i did i did it because of all of these little loopholes and she's like whoa being a pirate is not actually it's actually kind of pulling all of these tricks and not following the rules and maybe if i just don't do that then i can also be a pirate which is exactly what she does next by tricking him into getting drunk and then burning the rum She's so smart. I love her. She's so smart. I love her. She's no, it just wife. makes me think of that actually is a good point because it makes me think of like the point at the beginning where she's like, I you know, this is the pirate's code, you have to follow it. Like I'm in, I'm invoking it because you have to follow it. And Barbosa turns around and is like, first of all, you're not a fucking pirate. <laughs> uh, first of all, that wasn't our agreement. Second of all, you're not a fucking pirate. Third of all, they're not really rules. They're kind yeah. of like an idea of maybe what we should do so we as a society do not fall apart but like they're not fucking rules we don't have rules we are pirates yeah we're criminals literally and it's yeah. and it's that that the code is repeated several times throughout the movie is this kind of it's like invoked several times throughout the movie and depending on like who's gonna follow it and who doesn't um and mm-hmm. it's notable that like the the crew that jack has assembled at the end of the movie that leaves with the pearl is like, yeah, we're not going to go in after him by, um, and Elizabeth tries to invoke the code and it doesn't work. And then, but they do come back at the end. Cause they're like, yeah, actually. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, but it's not because of the code. It's just because no. of like them as people. Yeah. That was just like exactly the point, which is like what I think if this movie is about anything is kind of what this movie is about is like, morality doesn't lie with these social institutions like the it's not like navy good pirates bad and it's like the pirates have a code of honor but they don't they're not honorable because they have a code they're honorable just as people and they also happen to be pirates 
um, it's about the decisions that you make, not like the label that you've chosen. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Love a pirate movie. <laughs> we we love a pirate movie. I love many pirate movies. Hey, do we want to watch Treasure Planet sometime? Absolutely. I want to watch Treasure Planet. God, Fuck it's been yes. so long since I've seen that movie. Ugh. I love that movie so much. Can we watch Muppet Treasure Island also? Yes, I also <laughs> love that movie. Look, I so the so listeners, I what happened? Love Treasure <laughs> what happened when I was a kid is I I saw Curse of the Black Pearl and also read Treasure Island in the same year somehow. Oh my god! Which changed me as a person, life. set me up for life. But somehow. I missed watching Muppet Treasure Island. Classic, iconic We've film. We've got cabin fever. <laughs> Muppet Treasure Island. Until like just a few months ago was the first time I saw it. And Wait, it, for real? For real, for real. I didn't I see had it until no a few clue. months ago. Oh my god. It saved me. It saved my soul. Oh, bud. Up there with the top Treasure Island adaptations next to uh, Black Sails for sure. Yes. Um. But yeah, Wait, it was is just Black like, Sails a Treasure Island adaptation? Hold oh, on. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. You didn't know that? No. Yes. No. Yes. Oh, my God. I'm so excited for you. Um, Whenever you do choose to watch yeah, it. Yeah, someday I'll watch it. It's very good. But that that is a theme that's, like, very much in Treasure Island, too, is, like, Long John Silver is such this, is, like, such an enigmatic character, and it's, like... Do I trust him? Do I? Uh, he's really cool, and he's been nice to me, but also he's an evil criminal, and he's murdered people. Um, yeah. I mean, we all know the song. We all know that yeah. song. Do we all know that song, huh? <laughs> yeah. God, yeah. Love this movie. Have we covered everything that we wanted to talk about? Well, I mean... You did have a point here, kind of, I mean, I'm comparing it to Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, where, like, movies that made us care about movies, like, movies that made us movie people, capital M, capital V, because <laughs> we are movie people at the end of the day, despite the fact that, like, I feel like if you met some of us, if you met me in real life, I know I don't come across as a movie person, but, like, mm -hmm. this movie made you a movie person. This was one of the ones that yeah. did that for you. Do you want to like talk about that i mean yeah i feel like i feel I, I did cover a little bit in the script but i feel like that that is kind of what it was i mean there's something about like the movies that you keep coming back to and um and what those mean and i can i can joke all i want about like my favorite movie being you know based on the theme park right but you know at the end of the day it's like yeah those movies that um that opens something up for you that made you think about something in a different way. And if it's Pirates of the Caribbean, the Curse of the Black Pearl, then that's what it is. You know, it was, <laughs> I was like, I was recognizing the beats of the story and I was recognizing when, like, without knowing the language or the terminology for it, when the first act began and ended and when the second act began and ended and, like, how they were choosing to set certain plot elements up and then watching the payoff of those plot elements. So I felt like it was really, I mean, it's not the, it's not the most solid screenplay I've ever come across no. in all of my movie watching, but it's, it's, no. it's very solid. Um, not as solid as hot fuzz, let's say, which has insane setup and payoff and is so good. And what hot fuzz, which should be taught in screenwriting classes, literally, I'm not joking. But Pirates of the Caribbean, like, still, like, 
showed me without like telling me um, how how to tell a story and how a story could be told. And for some reason, I just didn't think about it until until that moment. Um, I mean, you were yeah. also like ten, so I'm also 10. like <laughs> so it's that's good that I feel a relatively later. early age to figure that shit out. Yeah, I think it's just about the right time we were kind of real. It's like yeah. after we realized that oh wait, these actors don't just like stop whenever I put the VHS back in the you know <laughs> the thing and then come back out and have to reenact the whole movie again when I put the movie on. <laughs> like it's sometime after that realization. Uh, um, yeah. Somewhere in between there. <laughs> the two the two milestones. The two major milestones for sure. I'd love to someday maybe not like a whole episode, but do like a segment about like movies that made us movie people. Cause like mm-hmm. I think there's a lot to talk about there. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, obviously. Um you know Hot Fuzz, despite being one of my favorite movies, did not make me a movie person. Mm-hmm. Uh because I came to that I think after I started like unconsciously being a movie person. Yeah. But The Fall, for sure. The Fall, yeah. Someday, we keep trying to do an episode on The Fall, and it keeps not working out. (laughs) We'll do it someday. The the Fall was like Pirates of the Caribbean for me, but with cinematography. Yeah, Uh, The Fall made me want to make art. Yeah. Like, I looked at that and thought, I want to make something that makes me feel the way this makes me feel, which is an underrated emotion, and like, Mm -hmm. there's something very uh, overwhelming about it sometimes. Yeah. And like honestly, that's parts of the Caribbean again for me. Like mm-hmm. that, that just that thing of like, what yeah. do I want to? Because you get, you know, I'm, you know, I'm in my twenties and I'm taking a lot of like helpful like mentorship experiences for actors and everything, and learning a lot from people who are older than me and have been in the business for a long time. And like you get asked that question a lot of like, but what do you want to do? Like, what do you care about? What do you want to? What kind of art do you want to make? And like. When you're seriously asking yourself that, it's like, damn, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, God, that's such a that's such a big question. It's a huge question, but if you have to be honest with yourself, and it's like, I want to make something that makes me feel the way Pirates of the Caribbean made me feel when I was ten, and like makes me feel today um, when I'm making movies. Like that's you know, it's a very simple emotion, but I feel like that's a good place to aim for. But uh, yeah, I don't think that makes it any less worthwhile. Like, yeah, I think part of the reasons we started this show is because we got sick of people being, or I got sick anyway, of people being like, every piece of, every movie has to be a piece of art. I think that movies have value. In a particular way. Yeah, movies have value when they make me feel good, when they make me happy, when they bring me joy, even if it's not like something I would put up in a museum. Pirates of the Caribbean is like that. Mm-hmm. Not that we shouldn't put Pirates of the Caribbean in a we museum because should. it is fucking art, but like you know, yeah, I mean, no, yeah. emotional reaction. I mean, you can't have art without that, like that connection. At least attempting for a connection. And I know that there's a lot of like, that's not exactly the school necessarily with a lot of postmodernism. I mean, we could get into it with the <sighs> theater thing, but like. You know, there's Let's value not. to like looking. <laughs> there's value to looking at just the aesthetics, but it's also like art. Art needs to have a receptor, you know, for it to work, and mm-hmm. it's there for you to have a reaction to it, um, whatever that reaction is. Um, so it doesn't make any sense just arguing for pure. I mean, I don't know how many people are just arguing for just pure aesthetics or and art and for art's sake and art for yeah. art's sake. Um, sorry, Oscar. 
wherever you are. Um, but, but, you know, you know, art for yeah. morality's sake or art to have a, a, a meaning that is either political or moral or ethical or mm-hmm. God, I spend a lot of time thinking about this, don't I? I don't think about <laughs> a lot that's serious. So this is the one thing I allow myself. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I don't know. We could, God, we could go so deep into this topic. We Let's not could. do it right now. But like. This is a teaser. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For, what is the value of art? Welcome to Sneeple at the Movies. <laughs> Ostensibly a comedy movie review podcast. It's not. Just kidding. Gotcha, suckers. <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean, good. Brecht has his, has his voice. Fine. Um, some other people we'll talk about later. Um, I was literally complaining about Brecht, like, yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) I think we were watching Survivor. I don't know why watching Survivor made me complain about Brecht, but I was sitting there like, fuck this Brechtian nonsense. This is awful. Look, I think we had a bad experience with Brecht. We did. We did. we did We did a play... That our art in high school that our teacher tried to Oy say hey. it's it's Brechtian, which like to be fair, <laughs> it became yeah, a meme. Yes, yeah, sure, it was kind of Brechtian. It wasn't good Brechtian theater. It wasn't no, really it was in not. the Brechtian style. Was it kind no, it of wasn't. an insult to Brecht himself? Yeah, a little bit. Um, <laughs> Tony yeah, Kushner. Like, is... We we put everything on the front burner, didn't we? We did. God damn it. Um, <laughs> Tony Kushner is the only one who's allowed to talk about Brecht, so I'll just shut up. I'll just let him talk about Brecht and let that happen. Let's just let it be. Um, yeah, let's, let's not talk about fucking Brecht right now. We're talking about Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, good old Bertolt Brecht. <laughs> Somewhere <laughs> out there. Why does this happen to us? He's Why calling us right now. <laughs> I feel like he's just really angry at us somewhere, and I and I understand, but... And we deserve it, honestly. And we deserve it right now because we're doing some some dirt on his name. But he'll I have know. to let it. Let he it doesn't pass deserve now. it. Yeah, Except, no, he'll he doesn't. Forgive me. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, unusual that, double so, features. <laughs> yeah, let's go over those real quick. Uh, yeah, I had a couple. I think Indiana Jones, uh, specifically. You said the Last Crusade. In My terms favorite. of like actiony, kind of well toned. We talk not muscles as in like color tone. <laughs> I guess muscles also, um, yes. but like sepia toned, like good lighting. They have a kind of a similar vibe. You said the mummy, actually. I think the, the mummy yeah. and Pirates of the Caribbean, specifically the Brendan Fraser mummy, would be a great double feature. I think that would be mm-hmm. a fucking blast. Um, and then also Princess Bride. Yes, um, which I I wrote down because you were talking about the way that they synchronize those the music to those fights. Um, and mm-hmm. there's a particular moment that just gets me in the princess bride uh so badly like makes me genuinely emotional um which you know it's been out for a while so we're gonna talk about it uh spoilers spoilers (laughs) Um, for the princess bride when indigo is fighting um the count in that last scene and he's Mm -hmm. like up against the wall and the count just like starts like hitting his sword against and it goes bum 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 and it's like oh shit oh and then he's like up and it's it's amazing um yeah, it's just used to so such good effect, and and the fights in general are very similar to what you were talking about with a lot of like yeah. how they were staged. They're very theatrical. Great they, use of very space. much a set. Yeah, absolutely. The, I'm thinking the fight of specifically. Yes, yes, that is the one I was thinking of. Yep, yep. Oh, delightful. Yeah, so, so you need to do Princess Bride, uh, The Mummy, or Indiana Jones. Any of them. Um, 
I'm more of a particular fan of the first one, but I think the the main consensus is Last Crusade. Eh, I also I said know. the Brothers Graham, but I think in terms of the list, that's like I would take that off the list. I mean, you could make Brothers Graham is very sepia toned. Also, yeah, for me, it was the the kind of general aesthetic of them, of like mm-hmm. kind of weird, creepy, like uh, kind of a fairy tale, but kind of not. Um, right. Like everything is a heightened story, that kind of vibe. I think they have kind of similar tones to the story, but mm-hmm. yeah, I could see that. So yeah, that would be that would be the unusual double features. Movie marathon, all of those movies. God, yeah, that's our next movie marathon, I guess. <laughs> we ready to wrap up? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, I think. Uh, right. Take us away, Helena. Okay. Uh, well, thank you for hanging out with us here on uh, Sneeple at the Movies from the Infinity Break Network. Check out infinitybreak.net for more awesome content and come hit us up on Twitter at people underscore snake or shoot us an email at sneeple at the movies at gmail.com. Um, all lowercase, just in case you were wondering for some reason. Uh, our amazing music was done by Johnny Ronaldo, who you can find at, at Johnny Ronaldo on Twitter. Um, our super snazzy, amazing logo, I love it so much, uh, was designed by Bethany Luthold. Please check her out at bethanyluthold.wixsite.com. That's W-I-X-S-I-T-E.com. If you've got a subject you want to hear us talk about, a movie you think we absolutely need to see, or a hot take on the Legolas versus Will Turner debate, please come say hello, drop us in line, you know, write an essay about the Legolas versus Will Turner debate on wherever you want to do it. I will understand <coughs> and support you for doing that. You're so valid. Also, if you can, please leave a review on iTunes and share the show with any friends you think would enjoy it. Uh, we're, this is the 11th episode, you said? This is the 11th episode. Holy shit. So this is the 11th episode. So it's still early days, but we're getting into it. Um, but it's still early on. So anything you can do to help spread the news helps us so much. Uh, and we really appreciate it. So thank you. Um, and as always, thank you for listening. And we'll see you at the movies.